Welcome everyone to the White Gray Black Weekly Manga Podcast Manga Awards Show for 2023. This is usually the podcast where we talk about all of your favorite ongoing Japanese manga, but today we're going to give out some awards for our favorite manga in 2023. My name is Bruce. I am joined by my award-winning co-host Gautam. Hello, hello. Well, let's get right into it. You know, before we go on congratulating all of the wonderful things that came out, uh, let's talk about the worst thing that we read this year. So, uh, and and also just to set up how this is going to work, uh, Gautam and I have each chosen one manga or manga or character or whatever award we're we're giving out. We each bring one. We're going to discuss which one we think wins. It's kind of a head-to-head battle. Um, so two nominees enter one exits. So let's take a look at this. The worst thing that we read in 2023, uh, my nominees are on the left under with my portrait. Gautam's on the right here. Uh, the worst thing that I think that I read in 2023 was, and definitely the worst thing that I saw with my eyes, as far as the art goes is definitely do retry, which was just so weird (laughs) and garbage. I mean, I, Putting the cover on this page just brought, gave me PTSD. Look how awful his arms and the anatomy is. This is a bad cover. And your cover is supposed to be like the best of the best art. Do retry was just garbage. Not to help you too much here, but it's also like, what a tonal mess that series was, right? Like it's, yeah, it's about World War Two, like post-World War Two Japan and reconstruction. And then it like instantly goes to this goofy, uh, a hijinxy tone. It's and so weird. Yeah. Cause yeah. Chapter one has like a recreation of the atomic bombs being dropped on Japan. And then by the time you get to like chapter six or seven, there's a dude and he has one arm that is massively bigger than the other arm. And that's like the, this guy's first boxing fight. It's so yeah. tonally. Yeah. I, uh, luckily there was nothing I would say as bad as last year where we had Ichigoki under control, which was just like, one chapter and quit it. I think I read maybe seven or eight of do retry, but I, this was not a good series. Um, and that's going up against Gautam. Tell me what you think the worst thing you read last year was. Well, it it's tough, right? Cause there are a few things that were like initially and instantly worse than this one. But my pick is itchy, no family's deadly sins. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's because it convinced us that it could be good. For like 50 chapters, uh, which is like felt like the better part of a year or more than a year, right? Mm-hmm. Like 50, 50 chapters. Um, we went in thinking that the author had any idea what we they let him were cook. doing. Yeah. Yeah. We, we thought he cook. was cooking. <laughs> it was not. And we had read their previous work, Takopi's Original Sin. Which is really and good. It was really good. It's it was also concise. Five it chapters was... long or six or eight. It's not very long. <laughs> And I, ideally, this this series is more of what they did in Takapi's Original Sin. This is their wheelhouse. Uh, a series with character drama and twists. But it turns out the plot was just twists. The author just wrote twists in a journal somewhere and pitched it to Weekly Shonen Jump. Because the twists meant nothing. They just kept happening every single chapter. So instead of a... Instead of like a... Uh, 
here, here's what happens next chapter. It's just like nothing. You thought you, yeah, you thought you knew something. Well, guess again, every single chapter, like this is barely hyperbole. Yeah. Uh, I mean, no lie. I think we had three or four dream layers deep, like at the start of the year. And by the end of the year, like, I think by the time we got there, I was pretty checked out of like, okay, I, I don't know what's real anymore. And the author can't convince me of what's real. And then it just, I mean, this, this deserves its spot on this, on this list solely because it, it was really good at the start. And it, I've never seen something fall so hard. Like, even if you want to complain about, I don't know, the ending of attack on Titan or, you know, bleach going on for too many chapters or whatever, this is like, the first 20 or 30 chapters of Ichinose are like fantastic. So good. And the final like 30 are awful, just terrible, terrible writing. Just, I can't, and the, the distance between them is insane. It's, uh, well, well, see the, the bad part is that I feel like this series having nothing to say makes even the early parts of it bad. That's true. Yeah. You were betrayed. You thought there was something there and there's nothing. (laughs) Yeah, the, the stories like this, you you read them and you're like, wow, I wonder what the mystery is. I wonder what, what the twist or turn is that makes all of this make sense. Turns out it's nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so even that intrigue you felt at the beginning trying to speculate, it, it wasn't real because the author didn't know. So it yeah. it's like it, you're kind of investing. It's like investing in a stock. You're like investing your intrigue into these like, uh, curios and plot points, and then at the end, it's like, oh, it's fucking nothing. Like, sorry, so market like, crashed. <laughs> I, yeah, exactly. I am the writer. I have sole control of the market. I crashed the market. You get nothing. So, so it's like the stuff we thought could be interesting setup for the future was an interesting setup for the future. So, I, I, yeah, I don't, no it's just all bad technically. You yeah. know. So, all right. What do we think? Do we think it's more deserved to have tonal whiplash, bad art, and just a, a messy thing from step one or do we think it's the massive fall from grace qualifies it as the worst thing we've read this year yeah i i i'd probably still give it to do retry it's, just, it's such, yeah. a, it's such as, a fucking garbage fire as, ba- as bad as it you know say <laughs> fell from grace it even at the start of the year especially it was still kind of like well this is still interesting where is it going and then it again was on a downward trajectory but i think you have to accept that a downward trajectory requires that you start a little higher and do yeah. didn't start very high and got worse <laughs> somehow. So, uh, yeah, I, I think you know, same, it gaslit me into thinking it was good. And that's, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's fucked up in, in its own way. But do try, it was just literally, it was just literally a turd, you know, yeah. like I, I don't, I it, don't know what else to say. It just started bad and then it got weird and goofy and was still bad. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, congratulations to Do Retry, and especially congratulations to Nui's Exorcist, which dodged a bullet, which I think probably deserved to be a third nominee here, uh, <laughs> even though it has some massive fans. But uh, all right, let's move on to actually congratulating and giving out some awards, some positive things. Um, and let's start out with one of the most important pieces of manga in general, and that is art. Uh, this is our nominees for Best Art and Artist. A little, a little. Uh, asterisk. Uh, we are excluding Yusuke Murata from this award because I believe we gave him the award last year and we decided that it's just cheating. That guy is too good. So this is the best art and artist who is not Yusuke Murata. Uh, we have our two nominees. I have nominated, um, 
Tatsuyuki Nobu for Dandadan, and Gautam has nominated uh, Yuto Suzuki for Sakamoto Days. Gautam, why don't you go first this time? Yeah, and uh, we excluded Murata because, like, we just had him in in this spot, and he it wins like, this. It felt, it, against yeah, it felt unfair. Yeah, yeah. And next year, I would still put him in this spot. You know, it's just like one yeah, of these permanent spots. <laughs> yeah, uh, and it, yeah. So I, I think Sakamoto Days was fucking fantastic, especially this year. There were so many mm-hmm. fucking creative fights. There was the kaiju fight we had like a few weeks ago. That was so cool. And we had the sniper fight before that. And I will say, while the art is technically a little rough at spots, the real sell here uh, on why I think Sakamoto Days has best art is uh, the action paneling. No one does it like it. Like, Sakamoto Days is on another level. And I think in terms of fight creativity, it, it competes and beats One Punch Man at points. You know, it's it's that good. For I, creativity, I I, yeah, yeah, yeah. For creativity, I, I don't think, I don't think anything really competes with One Punch Man to the degree Sakamoto Days does. And if Murata and One Punch Man are the magnum opus, uh, it is crazy that Sakamoto Days manages to beat out the goat, you know, in 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 certain categories. Yeah, it doesn't. Uh, it's, yeah. it's interesting because it doesn't try to go straight toe to toe with Murata and be like, you know, I'm going to do you know tons of double page spreads and so many panels of action and forty. You know, it doesn't have the uh, the blessing that Murata has of well, a one punch man chapter can be however long he wants it to be, and it comes out whenever he wants it to. Um, which again, that's that's something that he operates. <laughs> That, that makes him one of the best is that, that kind of freedom he's given. But um, yeah. yeah, Sakamoto Day is just the action paneling, the, again, like you mentioned, the creativity of the art um, is, it's so, so, so good. I think in proper jump right now, n- nothing is even close to how good the, the, the battles are in Sakamoto Days as a battle shonen, which is, you know, primarily what jump publishes. So, yeah, I agree. And to out battle shonen, like, these long running battle shonens like one piece and, and all that. Like I, it, it takes like next level work. And I think Sakamoto days is probably in my eyes, one of the best things running in jump right now. Yeah, absolutely agree. Uh, but on the other side of the dice of the competition here, um, Tatsuyuki Nobu and Dan to Dan, man, we've talked about this on the podcast pretty often. This guy Doing doing what Dan to Dan does weekly is insane. the The detail of the spreads, the character designs, the I something I've mentioned in the other podcast. You go back and listen. The mastery he has over the tools at his disposal to save uh, to sort of save time and focus his his efforts. The using you know photo manipulated backgrounds and you know repeating characters. There's just a mastery over weekly art and design and uh, i mean sakamoto days has great uh action paneling and great action and so does one punch man and i think dandadan is in competition for top three um the designs the the drip i think the comedies the facial expressions um it's so excellent it's so refined i don't understand how this is a weekly series i don't understand how it's so it impresses me with its creativity with with everything it does visually uh the colors on the um 
The colors on the covers are always awesome. This is a guy, um, this, you know, it reminds me of Bleach in that like, oh, they drew their characters wearing, you know, the absolute most fashionable, drippiest thing you can imagine. I mean, both, both these pictures we have on screen right now are both pretty, uh, <laughs> pretty, pretty dripped out characters, but man, but I you're just, right. Dan Dan does skew more in like the Bleach Kubo drip. Sort of colorful, yeah, yeah, modern, uh, model, sort of modern model casual fit. I don't know how to describe it. I'm not a fashion person I'm wearing a hoodie for our words show. Um, yeah, but man, both of these are so good. This is, uh, this is a spicy one to start out with because I am, this is a tough competition. I think I don't think I can give it to Dan to Dan on this one. Um, while I do think Dan to Dan deserves it, it's just a, I, I think Sakamoto days is kind of on a different level in terms of doing something unique. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't think there are battle shonen that are as cinematic, as weird as it is to use that word to describe manga. I mean, yeah, uh, I mean, I would put Dan Dan as another very cinematic battle shonen, but there's, I, I, I think Sakamoto days, just because I think the, the title of this award, best art and artist, there, you're right that there is something different about Sakamoto days that no one else is doing that. There's no other battle shonen I, that I can really think of that has quite as creative sort of powers and fights. There's ju- it's just like there's nothing as creative as Sakamoto Days. I think the only other thing that it kind of reminds me of is Fire Force. And Fire Force had a really creative way of using it sort of like everyone has the power of fire, but it's heat manipulation. And how is that different or the same? Um, there's a little bit of that. But yeah, Sakamoto Days just it's just doing something different and it's no one is even close to being how creative this is. This isn't like, you know, Danny and I th- definitely think is sort of at the top of this magical demons in Tokyo, uh, sub that there's tons and tons of different things being published in. Danny Dan, I think is the best one by a lot. Um, and it's a top one because data Dan is insanely creative too, right? It's all wacky off the wall bullshit yeah and um, it's 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 creative in a different way it's it's creative with its sort of character designs and enemy designs especially and um sort of horror elements and stuff uh the, these are de- i mean i'd be super happy with either of these i think i'm happy to give it to sakamoto days i think it deserves this solely on the fact that every fight scene is creative and interesting i mean this year we had what we had the motorcycle sniper we had the fight scene where he puts the bullet through the motorcycle wheel um, we had, we'll talk about it later, but we had the flashback, which had a ton of good stuff. I think we even, I think at the beginning of this year even was the fight between the like cameraman director guy in the school that might've been right yeah. at the start of this year, which is an amazing, which is a super creative fight. Um, and I think what, what Sakamoto Day says going for it is also that I don't feel like even at, even regardless of the wackiest hijinks or bullshit happening during the fight. I don't feel lost or confused. I think it's all very clearly conveyed. Very well paneled. It's also like, and I, I want to mean this in the most complimentary way I can, but it's also like, that's all Sakamoto Days is. It's like, it's, yep. it's just like you get one or two connecting chapters of what's the setup for the next people fighting. And then it's all just fights and battles. And it's, it is definitely well written enough to sort of give you the stakes and, um, what you can be interested in, but like 
it's just yeah. all battles and it's just all good. And it's still such a good series, even though it has, you know, a very sort of light script, I would say. So yeah, I'm happy to get yeah, this one to Sakamoto so. days and, uh, and go to the next one. So, cause I, again, I, I would be super happy with either of these, but if, so if you're, it, this one's a tough one. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. This is a really tough one. So, all right, let's go to the next one. The next one on the opposite end of the best art and artist is obviously the best writing. These are the two main core components of a manga, right? There's a visual component and there's a written component. So the two nominees we have here for best writing, I have nominated uh, Akane Banashi and Gautam has nominated Dungeon Meshi. This is, again, I think, another really hard competition. Um, I, I will go first with this one. Mm-hmm. Akane Banashi is... In Jump Proper, I think, in 2023, the most well-written thing. I, as much as I love One Piece, as much as I think there was a lot of other good stuff in Jump Proper, the things that Akane did this year when, some minor spoilers, when Akane loses, thinking about her dad and and how she grows from that, all of the side characters' growth, um, it's just so classic and well executed and emotional and so it's so good i cannot i cannot understate how amazing the characterization the character growth all of these like sort of writing things from akane are it's i just it's so good like it's and it has been that good from day one but i think especially in 2023 the things that happened the progression we're kind of settling into all of these different characters growing uh, alongside Akane, sort of the, the the side characters. We're getting to know more about the old guard and the people teaching her. It's just like every character on is so individually well characterized. They all have these growth things. Um, I'm specifically definitely thinking about like Akane in 2023 was awesome. Um, the her two like main rivals, the guy and the actress girl, like both of them had excellent things. The other uh, Rakugo, I love, I love the salesman. With. Yeah, the, the sa- salesman. I mean, guy. Salesman. That was like a two or three chapters, and he's like, "What a great character!" He's not in that yeah. much of the series. It's so good, and that happens over and over and over. They will introduce a new character. They will, you know, characterize them, make them an individual, and in two or three chapters, you'll be like, "Holy crap! I love this guy. I want to see them see more of them." And then you do get to see more of them. Um, I, Akane really, I think, is flourishing as it continues with its large cast of characters and they are all handled so excellent excellently that it's hard to it's i can't list a single character who i go oh eh, i don't know that wasn't a very good character like everyone who's on screen for enough time to be considered a side character is like i understand them i understand what they're doing i understand why they're here uh they're given you know if they're given an arc it's it's executed well the competition stuff is fun. I I just love, love, love Akane and the writing in it. And I think it is, I think it is excellent. Yeah. And you know what? I, I think uh, <clears throat> that the theme we'll see here is that we kind of share a lot of uh, the same opinions on what is fucking great. And mm-hmm. Akane is fucking great. There's no doubt about that. Uh, on my end, I have something that is also fucking great, which <laughs> is Dungeon Meshi. Uh, Delicious in Dungeon. I... I ask you, how do you make the theme of eating monsters, uh, like in a dungeon, kind of poignant and like carry throughout your series and still be taken seriously in any way? Uh, 
ask no more and look no further. A delicious and dungeon manages to, to fucking tie that theme back in such a both goofy and meaningful way that I can't even begin to describe. It's it's both nuanced, it it hits the emotional beats you want it to hit, and uh it ends up staying lighthearted towards the end. It's it I, I don't know how to describe it. It's it's it just a, an optimistic, yeah, fun ending. Optimistic um, is was the word I was gonna use. It's it's a very positive um influence it is it is not grimdark or edgy. It wants you to leave with a positive feeling, even though there's a little bit of sort of melancholy in there, I think. Um, oh, yeah. Funny. It's still, yeah. Dungeon Meshi is, is awesome. Is amazing. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't, I, you're right. I don't even know what to say. It's so, it's so exceptionally good. Um, just the plotting and the sort of small, the, the handful of characters, the resolutions we got since the series ended this year. Um, it's excellent. I, yeah, I could, I could put, I could, I think you could put Ryoko Kui in the best artist category last one and she would be top three or four or five. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, well, it, it, this, I feel like Delicious in Dungeon has a, a similar feel, uh, that Dana Dan does in terms of quality in where mm-hmm. I feel like it just does everything right. You know? Um, yeah. I, and I feel that way about Dana Dan too. It just does. It just does everything. It's doing so much and all of it is executed exceptionally well. Um, Yeah. I don't know. Gautam, are you leaning one way or the other on this one? I I'm willing to give this one. I'm willing to see this one to Akane. Uh, Mostly because I I think this is such a strong year for Akane. Yeah, I was, I'm of the same opinion. I was going to go to bat for Akane while, because I think, I mean, we'll see coming up. I think dungeon meshy, deserves other awards and will likely win them. Um, but just as straight across the board writing, I, Akane is just killing it. Uh, it is just unrivaled. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, I, I, I feel like it was talked more about last year. Mm-hmm. Um, because and it was new I, last year. So yeah, it was new. And I also think like the arcs, they had, uh, more of Akane being like the surprise winner kind of uh, situation where, she kind of wows everyone. So those big moments usually garner more attention. Mm. Here, you kind of have a down arc where Akane is losing more and learning more. Yeah, she's um, much more in your development. Uh, we're in the Empire Strikes Back arc, right? Things are going wrong. Yeah. We're, we're growing. We're expanding the, the cast of characters. But yeah, let's... Uh, I but think it's we, still so good that I, I, I think it, we'd be remiss not to shout out Akane in any way. Yeah, it's excellent. I think I think this one goes to Akane Banashi. Uh, and I forgot to mention the authors there. That is uh, Yuke Suenaga and Takamasa Moe. Uh, cool. Best writing, Akane. What's next? It's our best non-shonen. This uh, this is a weird category. I I almost uh, almost didn't include it. Um, best seinen didn't didn't quite seem right. So basically, this is just hey, if you're not sort of a regular shonen in Weekly Shonen Jump or Weekly Shonen Magazine or something, um, you're nominated here because you might look at my nominee, Yomi no Sugai, which is considered kind of a shonen, though I don't... To in, me, the, in the way that Full Metal Alchemist would be, right? To me, it's a it's a split between a shonen and a seinen, exactly in the same way FMA would be. So, um, yeah, so this is... We have, we have Yomi no Sugai versus uh, Berserk. Captain, why don't you start, lead us off with, everyone's familiar with Berserk. Uh, why do you think this deserves best non-shonen this year? 
Yeah, well, uh, as as we all know, Miura died. And uh, his apprentices and people who worked with him decided to continue uh, Berserk as a project even after his passing. And goddamn, they did a killer job. I, I think uh, I, I think nobody expected the art to be as good as it was after Mira's death, or for this thing to even continue after Mira's death. Mm-hmm. But here it is; it's continuing. Um, it, it is still very good, and the art is still fucking fantastic. Of course, um, it is not the uh, ADHD fueled hyper perfection you would expect out of Berserk. Because that's just unrealistic uh, yeah. for anyone outside of Mira, right? But it, it, it's damn close to that. And, uh, of course, the story is still, uh, well, depending on who you ask, chugging along or continuing. Um, the, the problem is is it takes a while to make Berserk because it, yes. the art quality is so high. Well, uh, yeah, and, and, you know, this is a handful of Mira's old assistants and his sort of former... Uh, colleague, best friend. I don't remember that that guy's name exactly, but he's sort of been put in charge of all this. Uh, and they're working off of notes from Mira. Very much a Dune situation where they're continuing to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I just think it's it's still very good. It's, it's still should be considered to be of the quality of normal Berserk. And uh, yeah, it deserves a spot up here. That's good to hear. I am about 100 chapters behind and I need to catch up for sure. Um, my nominee here is my little golden child, Yomi no Sugai. Uh, man, it's just so good. I, I, I could nominate Yomi no Sugai for just about every award here, except for maybe best art. And even then, I think that, I think that, uh, I think that Hiromu Arakawa's paneling and stuff is good enough to be nominated. It's this is you have to realize we're only I think on chapter let me see like 22 or 23 of Yomi no Sugai. You get one chapter a month of this series and it doesn't matter. Like I have read 11 chapters this year of Yomi no Sugai and it is so excellent. The amount of things that have happened in 11 chapters the amount of story that's been built, the amount of world that's been built. Her world building is so good. Uh, the character stuff is great. Her action is great. I love this series with all of my soul and all of my heart. And I think it is so, so, so excellent. Um, it's just, it has, it's just one of those things again, like we mentioned, like, uh, like dungeon meshy, like Dan to Dan, that just, it has just everything. Um, it's so, it's just so fantastic. It's very hard to describe because it's just like, if you tell someone about it, it sounds like a pretty classic fantasy thing, but, but Arakawa is just a master of storytelling. And that encompasses every angle of storytelling, every angle of character and world and just everything. I, she's so, so good. Yomi no Sagai is so excellent. This is one of my favorite series being published right now. Um, I think about it constantly. I miss it when I'm not reading it. It's so good. I, I'm in love with this series. Um, I'm I'm done to look, give it to Arakawa on this one. I I I more so felt Berserk to be worth worth bringing up as, I, as still a contender here. Yeah, I agree. Uh, we, I, we we don't need to stall out on this one. Berserk, yeah. I think, will be ending maybe next year or maybe the year after. Um, and I think when it ends, it'll it'll be, uh, it'll be deserving to be talked about again for sure. Um, and I think it does deserve to 
be talked about here. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm happy to give this to to my little darling, uh, yeah. guy. It's fair I, enough. I it's so 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 great. All right, uh, let's see. Next up, we have a little award. It isn't isn't anything specific. I like to just call this the hidden gem award. Um, this is the thing that we think flew under the radar that was really exceptional that maybe maybe wouldn't get recognized in another category. Maybe would. Um, just something that we think was really good. Maybe even something that got canceled in, in, in my situation. Um, but the two nominees here we have, I have nominated service wars and Gautam has nominated the one within the villainess. Gautam, why don't you tell me about yours here first? Yeah. Uh, so these kind of villainous manga stories are basically about, uh, kind of like a nice person going inside the villainous's body and having to figure things out and usually failing upwards in some way or uh, winning due to the power of being just a, a genuinely decent person. But he, here, this one is more so that that did happen and shit went fucked anyway. And the villainous kind of comes back uh, in her own body, but she likes she liked the person occupying her body before her so much that she is uh, just kind of doing evil in a way that that creates a world where the nice one would like whenever she comes back, mm-hmm. whenever she takes the reins again. But it, it's basically her pretending to be nice, but being incredibly manipulative and kind of power hungry and evil and kind of doing good by being evil, if that makes sense, just by being incredibly manipulative and opportunistic. And I think uh, it's unique within its own genre. Um, it's only 15 chapters long. It's, oh. I think it has like one, one, one chapter left. But uh, oh, very nice. I mean, yeah. So both of these might be ending when you're watching this this uh, episode. Then. <laughs> yeah. It, well, it, it's, it's kind of a light Yagami situation mm-hmm. um, where someone is just kind of uh, correcting society behind the scenes and fixing societal issues, but is really doing it for all the wrong reasons and in all the wrong ways. Uh, That's a very appealing. I think people get a little philosophical for a second. I think all people are inherently very selfish. And so to see that as a, as a sort of positive spawn character trait, I think is really great. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's, it's very good. It's very fun. It's like uh, watching someone play 3d chess uh, again, and you know, it's, it's always just a blast to see people playing 3D chess in uh, in anime or manga because it's it's always mustache twirling mm-hmm. and over the top. But yeah, this one's good. It's a uh, it is a very unique spin on this whole genre. I need to check it out because I am very very unfamiliar with the sort of villainess uh, genre, which is a pretty popular one, especially in light novels. But I need to check yeah. them out. And I think this one this one's on my list. Um, my hidden gem for 2023 is Service Wars. Uh, if you listen to the podcast, you've heard me talk about this. I think this is maybe the funniest manga I've ever read. It's it's wild, it's over the top, it's hilarious, and it really holds a special place in my heart because I used to uh, have a job sort of in, in hospitality doing things, and it, it starts there, and so it grabbed me pretty early, and then it the places that it goes... Um, if you're familiar with this, you will know that there is, you know, the Risley bear might be the funniest chapter of manga I have ever read. It's, this <laughs> is, this is so great. It is so over the top. It's so 
I don't, it's just a it's a gag manga, but it's got a plot and its characters are great and funny and it has something where it taps into sort of the it taps into these you know stereotypes or stereotypical characters and jobs that uh, we're all sort of aware of, but plays them it plays them so funnily. I don't know. I this was very recently canceled. I think the last chapter of it was published on Friday. Uh, very disappointing for me. I think this could have gone on forever and been an absolute, you know, slam dunk for, uh, for jump, for jump plus comics. But yeah, this is the one that I just, I really wish more people had read this. I wish this had stuck around. I'm, you know, really interested in what this author does next. Uh, just such a, such a, again, such a hidden little gem. I, I don't think anyone could read, you know, whatever this is, 20, it's 26 or 27 chapters. Um, I don't think anyone can read this and not be like, okay, you know, I smiled a couple of times throughout that. It's just, I just love it so much. It's so great. I wish that we had, uh, I wish that we had, we had done a little bit more. Um, you know what? I don't think we need to choose between these two. I think these are two hidden gems. I think we've presented them. I think everyone should go check both of these out. Uh, I, I think that's fair. Yeah. Service Wars and the one within the villainess. Give, give both those a try. Those are just our personal picks for, uh, for hidden gems here. So next up, Best romance. Uh, this is another tough one. I was looking through our awards last year and I realized that we have a lot of the same nominees from last year. Cause I believe last year I nominated again, uh, don't toy with me, Miss Nagatoro, which is what I'm nominating this year. I think this has consistently. But like, w- what's, what's better than Nagatoro this year? I, I, and not to, not to <laughs> give away the lead here, but what yeah. is better than Nagatoro this Nagatoro year? Is, I, yeah. I mean, Nagatoro is just like, in my opinion, obviously, because I'm nominated here, it is hands down the best shonen romance going right now. Um, I I don't think anything is close to how consistently well-developed the, you know, the characters and the relationship is. I mean, where they are in their relationship now, it's like, again, everyone kind of says it every chapter, uh, every chapter discussion. It's like, they're like almost date. They're just like almost dating, but they've sort of put these little barriers in the way. I don't know. I... Nagatoro is fun. It's funny. I like the, I like the side characters. I think the development has been very natural to the place where we've gotten, um, we've gotten some sort of flashback reveals about feelings and, you know, the confession is like, <laughs> when you're watching this episode, the confession might've happened, uh, cause we're recording this a couple weeks early, but yeah, I, Nagatoro is just great. And it's, it's romance and it's two leads are, are excellent. And having a sort of believable, uh, believable, well-developed characters in their romance, and especially coming from the place that Nagatoro comes from, which it kind of shoots itself in the foot early on of like, Nagatoro is a bully. Um, and, you know, the artist MC is kind of a pushover uh, to where they are now, where they are both very much not pushovers. They're, they both know what they want. They're sort of committed and they have set goals for themselves. And at the end of that goal, we get the confession it's coming very soon next year. I would, I would guess, but yeah, Nagatori is just great. It's great from every angle. Um, just a wonderful little series, but Gautam, tell me what you've brought here because it's also, I would argue a very, very good romance. Yeah, it's solid. Um, I, I brought blooming love. It is new. It has the potentially one of the worst names. I think, um, it's fine. It's just a whatever name. It's so lame. Um, (laughs) But yeah, despite the name, I think it's actually pretty good. 
Uh, I think the two main characters are such reasonable human beings that that part is refreshing. It it feels like the opposite of any forced drama due to like uh, miscommunication or giving each other uncharitable reads on, on situations, which happens so often in uh, these romance manga. You, you don't see any of that. And I, I, I suppose I do think that it could use more friction in some way. Uh, but I, I think it does a good job of channeling its Reiwa energy that the couple gets together pretty much instantly. Yeah. Like chapter two or three or something. It's very, yeah. Strange. I mean, we're only, yeah. I think 16 or 17 chapters into this one, but yeah, it's, uh, you're right. It's, it's super excellent. Reiwa energy, early stuff. The characters are great. It's very mature. I think is is, yeah. is is what you're hitting on with. There's no like misunderstandings or if there are misunderstandings, it's like, Oh, that's a, that's a very clear, obvious, understandable misunderstanding. It's not something stupid. So. But overall it's, it's, it's very good, but I, I think I gave away the lead at the beginning. Um, I don't, I don't see Nagatora not, not winning it this year. You know yeah, what I mean? I, yeah. I, I will definitely say that I think, I think blooming love is really, really excellent. I think if it continues to be good, uh, Nagatoro might have a competitor next year for this. Um, or, you know, maybe what else? Uh, Aka Akasaka's new series, which I'm not fully caught up on is another romance that could, could oh, improve. I, I haven't been keeping up on that. I so haven't either. I, and I didn't super love the first 12 or so chapters. So, uh, but it's definitely in there. So yeah, I think, I think this goes to, uh, this definitely, I think goes, goes to Nagatoro, which is, yeah, it's just like the best romance. I think I think the only other thing I could put up here is probably Blue Box. And man, Blue Box did have I want to talk about it because I don't I don't think we'll talk about it again. Um Blue Box did have a really great year. It had its confession this year. It's really excellent. I just think Nagatoro is this I it's just really consistent. Um and I really like Blue Box, but it's not uh it takes its time with stuff. So that's what I'll say. So congratulations, yeah. Nagatoro, best romance. Uh, let's see what's next. Best comedy. Um, I said that you may not see it again from the Hidden Gem Awards, but here it is. Uh, the two nominees for best comedy. I have brought, uh, Service Wars and Gautam has again this year brought Witch Watch. Um, yeah, we brought the two different flavors of Gintama so, and <laughs> yeah, have exactly. had them compete against each other. It's basically, yeah, which, which progenitor or not progenitor, which in, inheritor of Gintama's comedy, Will win yeah. Um, I already spoke a little bit on Service Wars. I think this is the funniest thing I've ever read. Uh, you know, I've read all of Kaguya-sama, which was very funny. I think this is chapter page for page, laugh for laugh, so densely packed with laughs and good goofs. Uh, I absolutely love Service Wars. I think it's great. Gautam, tell me a little bit more about Witch Watch. I think Witch Watch does pretty much every style of comedy, if that makes sense. It does. It does like the classic straight man. Uh, and wacky characters. It does like self-aware meta humor. Uh, it, it really like d- hits every every co- comedic beat that it pro- uh, possibly can. And the onus of that is that like the main character, she has uh, she's like the witch of a thousand, so she can use a thousand witch spells. But it means that every chapter she uses a spell that either goes wrong or has unintended consequences. And that is the goof of the episode. Yeah, like I think the best way that I think you ever explained it to me that, that got me to understand, at least if you are a 
Dungeons and Dragons person and you know what a wild magic sorcerer is, which is essentially every time yeah. you cast a spell, you roll a D100 and a random thing happens from a list of 100 random things. And that's that's essentially what kind of the source of a lot of the gags of, of Witch Watch is. And yeah, the, the, there's just like, there, there's one where like everyone looks 2D. There's uh, there's a chapter where... She's turned to a piece uh, of paper in one of the ones that I that I read. Uh, oh, oh, she's she, turned she into she a child down, at some point, I think I've been hearing. and She yeah. slowed down the perception of time for one of the characters so they can get done studying in like two hours, even though they like procrastinated. Uh, and time is fucked for that character to such a degree that they can't continue to be a normal human being after the time dilation has stopped because their regular perception doesn't align with the reality anymore. Like they're all fucked up because they're used to perceiving everything fast. Um, and it's just like a bunch of chapters, like with weird shit like that, where, uh, they just want something simple done and it Mm -hmm. ends up having this obscure existential a world shattering. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and, and there's this one where there are a few chapters where this character is just obsessed with denim and <laughs> jeans. And the author just goes into a spiel about the like the appeal of denim jeans and That's so like funny. raw denim. And it's like a whole chapter committed to that. That's so funny. It's it's funny because yeah. Japan is um like one of the it's like really expensive if you want to buy real denim jeans in Japan. Like uh Wrangler jeans in Japan cost like hundreds of dollars and i can like walk into a walmart here and get them for 35 bucks like or 30 like, yeah it's that's that's really funny um i i think i am happy to see this to witch watch i think that is a consistently really funny entertaining thing i think you're right i think it deserves this award on nothing else if based on the fact that it is not one type of gag it is every gag imaginable happens in witch watch yeah there there really is something for everyone and if like the joke doesn't work one week for your style of humor then just wait till next week. Yeah. You know, that there'll be something again. you like. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, and I mean, my favorite joke, which we talk about once a year when it comes up is like the yearly anniversary is just this totally different nonsense yeah. story that is progressing in the background that we don't hear about. So it was like last year there yeah. was some lion guy and this year he's like a cyborg and we have no idea what happened. And it's just like, man, goose like that are so good. They're like meta. Yeah. They, he has they meta have commentary. a manga within a manga, uh, yeah. basically. And it, it makes no sense and it releases once a year on its anniversary mm-hmm. and uh you're just you miss all of the chapters between last year and this year so you're just completely lost every single year it's just random contextless uh goofs it's just like <laughs> it's like a meta non sequitur yeah like we said it's every type of comedy uh, i think witch watch is excellent i think this is something i might download and read on my flight a, to or from japan cuz it's a ton of fun cuz yeah. it's just really easy to read Awesome. Best comedy, Witch Watch. Congrats. This one, I think this might be the longest discussion we have. This one, I think, might be the closest thing. This is an award we call Best Completed Story Arc. Essentially, um, we want to know what the best individual told story in 2023 was, sort of within manga. Um, last year, we gave this pretty hands down to the Mock of El Dorado arc from Fryrin, which we both mm-hmm. agreed was one of the you know one of the best things I've ever read in manga was very excellent. Um, 
it's a, we're a little more action focused here, but I, I do think that the storytelling in both of these is really excellent. Um, the two arcs we have nominated here, which I just grabbed some sort of representative panels of is the, uh, the Vimola flashback from Dan to Dan and what we're calling the sort of young assassins flashback from Sakamoto day. So two flashbacks, uh, two really, really good stories, um, in Dandadan, this is the story of the alien Vimola and sort of her, uh, how her origin story, I guess you could say that involves, uh, a bunch of grannies adopting her who turn out to be essentially the team from predator that sort of, <laughs> yeah, are, yeah. That's like, what it felt like. Absolutely. You know, go, go wild and fight. And there, I sort of was clicking through this, um, this story real quick. And do you remember there's, there's, you know, they're getting assaulted by these aliens and the grannies are running away with Vimola. Do you, I don't know if you remember this. I didn't remember this. There's one chapter where Vimola like asks her like mom granny to like, she's like, just kill me. And like the granny oh, yeah, like yeah, points yeah. a gun at her head and is like, is like, okay. And talks about like, I used to be a cook. And it's like, this is, this shows sort of the broad range of writing that, uh, that Yukinobu can, can do in Dan to Dan because like you go from this like absolute wild, you know, action packed horror, you know, B movie influenced gonzo stuff to a flashback where there's like a young girl asking her like granny predator, badass mom to kill her. And, you know, and she doesn't obviously. Uh, and it's like so emotionally impactful. The end of this arc I thought was so good of the sort of like sending Vimola off, you know, away. They, they've saved her. She's the important one. We're old. Um, it's also something that you don't see very often in manga. Um, something I really like about authors like uh, Urasawa, who wrote Monster and 20th Century Boys, is he likes to include a lot of older characters. And this is something, again, you don't see a lot of old characters in manga unless they're sort of the stereotypical old person, but... Um, I really loved in this arc how all the great, you know, all the badasses that, you know, sort of raised and protect Vimola are all these grannies. It's just all these old ladies of different styles and types. Some of them are badasses. Some of them are sweet. Uh, and it's so good. And the action at the end is great. Um, and it really explains a lot about a character who had been kind of like almost nonverbal since then. And to see them kind of speak in their own language and their own tongue, um, I really, really loved this flashback. I thought it was really excellent. Gautam, on the other side, we have uh, the Young Assassins flashback for Sakamoto Days. Tell me a little bit about that while I run and go yeah. about something real quick. So, and for, for, for kind of a similar reason, um, it this is uh, an assassin story where all the assassins kind of have their own specialties and superpowers. Like there is one assassin that has just like a, a, a saw, like a circular saw as her weapon. And uh, our main character, Sakamoto, doesn't really have kind of a niche or specific weapon that he uses. Uh, so his fighting style is kind of just using whatever is around. And I don't know why it took me so long to put this together, but his, uh, this flashback made it very obviously clear that his fighting style, his specialty, is just improvising. Uh, and you see that a lot in, in, in this flashback, where he is... Uh, fighting like high-level assassins with with no particular weapons. Like the girl on the right, she has a knife. And I forgot what the black-haired guy's specialty is. But, uh, he disguises uh, himself is his thing. Oh, oh got it. Disguises. Uh, but yeah, Sakamoto is just up there using like 
rods on the side of the road or like uh, uh, rope flags to do like suplex body slams on people. Like, like the, the holding bar from a train. Yeah, the like holding bar chair. from a train. He it, it, it is it's just random shit around him. That's his specialty. It's just improvising with whatever is near his grasp. And that's what makes him OP. Um, and I remember uh, one part during the flashback, uh, the blonde girl was saying, uh, it's like, she was asked, could you beat Sakamoto? And she said, yeah, my specialty is knives. If we were in an empty room with just knives, I could beat Sakamoto. But if that guy has access to anything within arm's reach, yeah. then no, I can't. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's one of the coolest. I That moment from this arc was really great. Uh, another good moment that I remembered is Sakamoto is riding a uh, motorcycle at one point. Are there, okay, there's a whole like string of things. At one point, a grenade goes under the car that they're in. They're trying to protect the JAA president's wife and kid, I think. Yeah. A grenade goes under the car. Sakamoto punches through the bottom of the car, grabs the grenade, shoots his gun out the front of the car, which makes a manhole cover in front of the car pop off. He then throws the bomb when the car goes over the manhole cover into the sewers where it explodes behind them. That's awesome. Yeah, it's so cool. At one point, a bridge is like cut in half and he drives his motorcycle and grabs one of the like chains from the suspension bridge and swings across the gap. There's all these cool creative things. All the fights are great. This is the first time we really uh, see Sakamoto kind of pre-prime, I guess. It isn't even really in in his true prime, but it's such a cool throwback. It gives us a lot of context for... um is it a cow? Is that is that the girl's name? I'm trying to remember. Yeah, it's a cow. Yeah. It's a, a, a cow Akira, I think. Akira, that's her first. Yeah, that's her given name. Um, yeah, it's it gives us all this cool context for what's going on in the story. It has some like I think this year maybe some of the is this the most creative fight in Sakamoto days? Is it in the flashback? It has a lot of good ones. I don't know if it's necessarily the most creative, but um, I, I I think it's a showcase of what Sakamoto is good at and mm-hmm. why he was considered like one of the best in his yeah, prime. That's um, true. But I, I think the most creative f- fights for me personally were after the flashback. It's the sniper guy. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, this is a, this flashback context. You're right. It was very it, cool. It contextualizes like, cause we've been, you know, for a hundred and however many chapters been hearing about how good Sakamoto was, how good, you know, how good he was and in, in school and everything. Um, and we definitely see him still being top of the game assassin, but it's super excellent and cool to go back and see like this. Yeah. You know, how did he get there? What, how did he, was he recruited by, you know, whatever things. Um, and just, and usually sort like of these, like, yeah, go ahead. yeah, these mentor types, right. Uh, they usually have like a specific talent. Um, I love that Sakamoto's specific talent is winging it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just, uh, because he, it shows he's still a dumbass, right? Sakamoto is still not like, a genius or anything like that, but he is incredibly, he he's incredibly confident at just winging it and using his surroundings. And yeah. I, I love that to be his special skill is the fact that anything is a weapon in his hands. Yeah. It, well, and it's, and it's, and this is an interesting thing that I kind of just connected in my mind after talking about the art and the creativity of the fight scenes, Sakamoto was kind of a self-insert for the author, right? The author's specialty right. is creativity in, you know, and, in wild situations and that's kind of what they put into into sakamoto also so that's a good point yeah Yeah. for sure Um, yeah it it lends to the talent right Um, yeah absolutely uh i mean do you have any feedback on the dandadan flashback did you is there anything you particularly liked enjoyed 
it, the Dandadan flashback was so fucking good. Like, uh, it, it starts without even showing the grannies we mentioned. Mm-hmm. It's just a bunch of like Halo guys or Doom guys in power armor. Um, is what we initially see rescuing Bemolo from the battlefield. And you're like, oh, look, a bunch of badass space marines. And the space marines are all just grandmas under the helm. Yeah. And that is such a good initial reveal. Uh, it's just grannies in power armor. I love it. Um, it also gives no, us like you, an, you, an explanation yeah. of the Godzilla suit that she wears and how they like stole that from the the bad aliens. I mean, this also it it's funny that both it, of these flashbacks are really about contextualizing things we've already seen in their stories. Like Dandadans tells us about Vimola and her history and like sort of what the, how, why the aliens are bad, what they've done to other worlds, you know, why they're scary and why they're fighting them in current day, uh, in current day I, Dandadan. And then Sakamoto also gives us the context of like, these are bad guys, or we know one of these JA guys. What was Sakamoto like in the past? It contextualizes a lot of the stuff going on in the story. I think is really neat, really good flashbacks, both of these. I also think Dandadan and this arc, this flashback arc especially, uh, fixes a lot of problems that we generally have with manga where uh, people don't know how to write women or female characters with agency in a way that makes sense. Uh, This arc was all about female empowerment, right? Like the men were all... All girls being badasses in this this flashback. And and the the men all got enslaved and (laughs) they were generally just uh, useless kind of peons in, in this arc. Um, and it, it kind of inspires Bomola's character. Like the grannies tell her to find a man that's strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as not to get one of like the cowardly men from their planet. But uh, I, I don't know. I think that that inspires her romance or whatever it will be pretty well. And um, I don't know. It's just a great showcase of kind of a subversion. You, your brain automatically assumes these space marines are just like big dudes, but they're all just grannies who, yeah. I mean, who I think had almost previous everyone, jobs before this. Yeah. Yeah. I think almost everyone was baited by that. of like, Oh yeah, it's dudes in power armor. You know, it's, it's the army or whatever. And then they all take off their helmets at, you know, in the first or second chapter of this flashback. And you're like, wait, they're not only are they girls, they're like old ladies, which like I mentioned, like there's not a whole lot of old characters and, like you said, you know, the sort of the sort of feminist good female writing first thing. Yeah, I it's kind of sounding to me like we're both leaning Dan to Dan on this one. Is that is that right to say? I, I'm I'm very much leaning Dan to Dan. I yeah, the, the I flashback so made me made me tear up multiple times. It was so good. It's, yeah, I mean that I mean, just just going back and clicking through it real quick and seeing that sort of like just kill me moment. I was like, man, I didn't even remember that. And that is like brutal. And yeah, tear inducing the goodbyes at the end. Yeah, I Dan to Dan takes this. This was an exceptional. And I will say the arc that it takes place sort of in the middle of this little flashback that's well it's like almost 10 chapters i think it's like eight or nine chapters um the like massive battle that they're in the middle of i almost nominated the whole thing as a great arc but i decided to go a little bit smaller um yeah that whole arc is excellent that whole sort of alien final battle arc is so good uh i agree I, I, it was also like a mix of genre. It was like Halo mixed with Predator, mixed with like mm, like a Survivor. The, like we got to press on, got to keep moving, and then they sort and, of hijack heist like, at the end. This whole Egyptian theme around all of that. Yeah, the it, it was like yeah, <laughs> uh, it was just very good. This? Yeah, this is super super excellent. Super happy to give it to this. All right, best best completed story arc goes to the Dan Dan Vimola backstory flashback. Um, Let's go on to one of the biggest awards here, right in the middle. We've got, I think, maybe five or six to wrap up here. 
best new manga of 2023. Kind of what I mentioned at the top of the show. I think this was a little bit less obvious of a winner. 2022, the winner was Akane Banashi, which we both agreed was just like hands down, I think the best thing. Um, this year, there's a lot of good stuff, but nothing that was really head and shoulders above, I thought. So, uh, before we start this one, do you, do you have, do you have an easy choice in your brain between these two, which I is actually uh, don't I mama you, you and dogs red. Yeah. Dogs red and mama you, you, I, I don't, I, I think I do know where I'm leaning, um, just generally, but yeah, I'm not sure. I, I'm pretty happy with both of these. I think one of them is a bit more refined than the other. And I think that's kind of where I would go, but, um, well, and, and I'll yeah. start, I'll, I'll tell you, I, I'm reading, leaning towards the nominee that I brought. I brought dogs red. Um, this is previously from the author of golden Kamui. Um, this is about a former sort of ice skating prodigy, 16 year old, 15, 16 year old boy who, uh, in the very first chapter, he like wins an ice skating competition. He then proceeds to like trash the award stand with his skates and just cuts everything up, kind of has a fit. Um, he gets sent off to go live with his grandparents and along with his sister, who used to be an ice skater. Um, and he starts learning and falling in love with the idea of playing ice hockey um, in this sort of in this Hokkaido town in the north that is that is really, really into ice hockey. Um, lots of cool, fun side characters. I think the art and the action stuff is great. Um, the writing in this is really solid. Uh, I was, this has got, every time I read a chapter of this, I say to myself, it's like, I gotta go read Golden Kamui because I'm so impressed with how um, like real and grounded the characters are while also being sort of fun and larger than life. And there's just these like human stories buried in Dog's Red, like, hit this, uh, the main character's grandpa competed in the like 1972 or something, uh, Japanese Olympics on, on the ice hockey team. Um, something that has happened in the recent chapters is they are going through the, is it the 2000, it's like the 2011 or 2013 earthquake that like really shook stuff up. There's all this like real tragedy buried under it. Um, there's just a lot of nuance and something that you know, on surface level might seem like, oh yeah, it's going to be a sports manga, whatever. Um, there's so much depth and, and nuance buried in dogs red and not even buried. It's, it's just there. Like you can just see and pick up on it. Um, I think it's really excellent. I think the art is super interesting. Um, and I really, I, I really, really like it. I think that you can see the sort of, um, practice hand of, of an author who's been, who's been doing Golden Kamui, which is also very well regarded for, you know, seven or eight years, um, and completed that series. I think you can see it here. I think this is a sort of refined practice storyteller telling a story about something that obviously they're very interested, uh, and, and passionate about. And I think all of that comes through in the story. I think this is really good. I think this is the best of the new sports things we've gotten, which we talked about a couple weeks ago. Um, and I really, really like this, but tell me, Tell me about Mama Yu Yu, because I also really like Mama Yu Yu. Sure. Um, and I suppose a few years ago, Isekai was very popular, still is very popular, uh, maybe not to the degree, but still incredibly popular. Uh, this is a spin on an Isekai where there is a hero and there is a demon lord. But in this story, the unique spin is that uh, the world is at peace. There is no need for a demon lord or a hero everyone is just getting along and um, everything is going peachy keen. But that also means that the he the new hero has no combat experience or a real reason to fight anything. He just goes to school. And uh, that's where we kind of start our story. 
of course, things happen. He meets another demon, uh, another hero that came from another world who tries to kill him for uh, reasons explained in the manga. And he has to kind of hold up the mantle of hero as more threats start showing up, more demon lords and heroes from other worlds start appearing uh, into their own. And Mama Yu, she's a demon lord of this world, and the blonde guy, Corleo, is the hero. And it's it's more so kind of a, a coming-of-age story where uh, he has to learn what it means to be a hero and how to apply how to apply his sense of justice in a, in a world that's already at peace. And uh, I think that's all really good stuff. I think what shines in this manga is the paneling. Yeah, really uh, creative visual storytelling going on here. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like... Uh, they they could be saying kind of the theme out loud and they do, but uh, you also see kind of a visual de- depiction of that. Like uh, I think there was a scene where they were talking about parenthood, uh, Corleo and his mom and outside you, you, you see the scene from the outside of a hospital window from a mama bird's nest feeding its baby birds. Mm-hmm. And like that, that's just, uh, you didn't need to do that. You could have just, had it inside of the hospital room. And, and most and people I don't do that. So, which is, yeah, kind of, which and is most insane. people don't do that. And this is like consistently done for like ev- almost every page of this series is that there is a way that the author uses his paneling and art to visually tell the story outside of just using words, which most manga just yeah. use. Show don't tell. Um, it's the, one of the first rules, even in, even if you're reading a book, they tell you show don't tell. Yeah. Even though and I, it is a master at that. So I think it uh, it deserves its spot at the table today. Yeah. But the question is, uh, which one did we like better this year? I I think these are both really good. I, I do, I think, give my edge to Dogs Red. I just think I can feel sort of a more refined and practiced hand creating it. And I, I enjoy that more. Mama Yu Yu, I think, is a little rough around the edges. I, well, I do think it's really good and there's a lot of potential. I don't know... I don't know if it's, I, I just think that I, if I look at both of these, they're really hard to compare because they're so different um, and they're both really good at kind of some different things and some of the same things. Um, I think just that that refinement from a more practiced author for me has, is, has a dog's red pulling out front, but uh, I think these are both really good. So I would also give it to dog's red by a landslide, unfortunately, oh, really? uh, because I think the. Well, first of all, I think the main character is so much more interesting in Dog's Red. That uh, is true. Yeah, I was one of the uh, some of the rough edges is uh, the art to me is a little rough in Mama Yu Yu. I think the MC is still needs a little bit of work. He's very generic. Um, the side characters are all really good in Mama Yu Yu. I will say though. Yeah, and uh, you know I like the main character too, but it's it's a very classic heroes heroes yeah. journey story. Uh, whereas Dog's Red, I I think it it's a kind of a relatable to real life where someone has it all and kind of throws it away for reasons unknown to the audience. You know, it's, it's a, it's a classic freak out later to be expanded upon. And yeah. it's, it's expanded upon in a, in a really interesting way. You like, you, you see that there is like familial issues where the mom prioritized him and not the sister, but there's still like a lot of love between him and the sister, even, even though there is resentment, you know, it's like, yeah, she had to get it, up skating and he didn't. And there's, yeah, there's uh, like, I mentioned, there's this like, this nuance, yeah. And this very sort of like human grounded, like mommy is dealing with like world invaders and how do you deal with other demon lords and other heroes? And this is like, my sister had to give up skating and I was forced to skate even though I didn't want to. How do I, like, that's a very human, just like 
realistic kind of story, but yeah, very nuanced, very well told. Um, Dogs Raid is really, really good, and I'm really excited to see it keep going. And again, I'm gonna, I'm gonna think I'm gonna down. I think Golden Kamui might be the thing I download and read in Japan because that's. Uh, I, I feel like sports manga also have to work harder to get this level of investment for me mm-hmm. because I think fantasy worlds are easy to easier for me to kind of buy into. Since I'm more they familiar are. with them probably like you are. Yeah. It's like, Oh, if I understand fantasy tropes and things really easily. Whereas sports it, and are, I don't know anything about hockey, right? Yeah, like, exactly. yeah. I, I, yeah. Also, I don't know anything about hockey that does not keep me from really liking the character stuff, which is how I think most, most all good sports, good stories in general can tell a story about anything. And if the characters and the writing is good, it's, it's it is good. Yeah. I, I I'm, I'm, I'm glad uh, because I, I don't, I, I don't know how popular dog shred is, but I hope, very. I think it's pretty, I mean, I think just having the name, you know, the author of Golden Kamui, his name is just eluding me right now. Um, I think having that attached is probably guaranteed this is going to be pretty popular. I don't know if it'll reach the same heights, but we'll have to see. Uh, we'll have to wait for the end yeah. and see how it goes. Awesome. I guess so, yeah. So let, Yeah, so the best new manga of 2023 is Dogs Red. I think we both agree that is a, a really solid one. Um, we're getting into the final stretch here. We're almost there. I think there's four more awards this is a big one. And this is a hard one. It's a hard one. It's also one that we've discussed uh, quite a bit. This is Best Shonen. Uh, I've brought Dan to Dan. Gautam has brought Sakamoto Days. This is actually the third time we've seen this matchup. We had this Best Artist. We had this Best Arc. And now we have this Best Shonen. Um, yeah. What else is there to say? What I mean. Yeah. <laughs> and, and wait, wait. Who are the winners? It was Sakamoto Days for Art and Sakamoto Dan, Dan, Dan for Arc. Dan to Dan for Arc. So... I don't, I mean, this is like, like flip a coin. I don't know. I, I'm, I, you know, we, I, we, we, we've stated our piece on why we like the respective things. Now, I, I think the argument should be which one was better overall this year. I will say, I will give you my percents of how I'm leaning and you yeah. give me your percent and we'll add them up and I guess, and we'll see which has a higher percent. I'm... I I love Sakamoto Days, but I'm like 65, 35 for Dan to Dan here. Oh, that's that's so funny. I was actually going to give kind of similar percentages. Okay. Yeah, I was going to so say, uh, <laughs> no, I was going to say 50. No, 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 no. I, I, I unfortunately, I'm going to make it less interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm going to say I was going to say 55, 45 okay. for Dan to Dan versus Sakamoto just because. Okay. Cool. It, it, and it hurts to say this because Sakamoto was it's so good easy, still. Yeah, it, it's easily the most creative fights. But Dan to Dan, I has not had a bad chapter ever. No, it's so like, like yeah, every single chapter this year was fantastic. And, and it's making me like forget about Chainsaw Man. Like, and and last year we talked a ton about Chainsaw Man because it was really good. It was nominated in these sorts of things, these best shonen awards. Oh, um, dude, I don't even know what I'd say if, if it was Sakamoto or not Sakamoto, uh, Dan Dan versus Chainsaw Man. That would be like Chainsaw oh, Man. Oh, really? Part, yeah. Like I, Chainsaw Man Part One. I I don't know. Oh, Part One. I was uh, thinking like in twenty twenty three. I think twenty twenty three Dan to Dan absolutely schools what's been happening. I think Chainsaw Man is great. But, don't get me wrong. The, um, it's but doing Chainsaw a lot of setup the, stuff. It's so. uncomparable. Yeah, just because it's it's all in its setup phase right now yeah we're and, maybe finally getting to some some bigger stuff but i mean it's yeah it, it was the same with part one right like people people hyped up chainsaw man anime season one and i the couple of conversations i had was like so you temper your expectations like the start of it is not really the good stuff it spends half of its story setting stuff up and then the back half is all like unleashed payoff 
But anyways, yeah, like, let's let's give best show to Dana Dan. I, I agree with that. I, again, I'm with you. I love Sakamoto Days. I think it is easily, I think it's top three every week in Jump. I, it's like One Piece Sakamoto Days and Akane are the top three. They trade places every once in a while. Like, it's the sniper fight, Sakamoto's number one. It's this Kuma flashback, One Piece is number one. It's Akane, you know, crying about her dad, Akane's number one. Um, yeah, and you know, when I when I saw you put Dana Dan for this category, I'm like, I agree. I got. I just got to give this the best matchup possible, which I is Sakamoto days, and yeah. and I I think that's the closest it it, it gets to Dan to Dan. You know, um, this this year. Uh, but yeah, well, uh, as far as Shonen goes, that is. Yeah, we'll we'll see what the future holds. Yeah, for sure. I think. Uh, I mean, yeah, Dan I think is just one of the best Shonen. Yeah, of all time around right now. As long as it doesn't fumble the ending or however it goes, which it just ha- hasn't at all. So. Cool. Oh, I, I, I for, we forgot to put kind of an asterisk here that we are not including One Piece in any of these. Oh yes, well, no, uh, we uh, do. I, do we have One Piece in here? No, no. Okay. We, 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 we agreed not to put One Piece in. Any That's right. I was saying, I was like, do we? I didn't remember if we agreed that we could put it in one category or zero, but I think it's zero category. Yeah, because One Piece, yeah. One Piece wins a lot of these uh, pretty well. So okay, yeah. All right. Next up. We have a non-contest. Uh, we have the best series ending. This is the best completed. We both we both picked the same thing. Yeah. yeah, I nothing else even I even thought about. I can't even remember any other manga that ended. I'm sure there was some. Uh, the Takagi and a few others. Yeah, yeah, I, the the shogi thing. The, but like, they don't enter the conversation if we're being no, honest. It's it's dungeon meshy. It's delicious in dungeon. Um, one of the best endings in manga of all time. It it. There's a lot of falling action, which I really like. I mean, the series ends like eight chapters before, you know, the series actually ended, I think in like March or February was like its climax. Yeah. And then everything since then has been falling action, which I really like in an ending. I don't like the sort of end cut, cut to, you know, cut stop, especially with a long series like Dungeon Meshi, although it's only 90 something chapters there, a uh, month long chapters. So it's more like almost 200 chapters, I would say. Um, yeah, this is just a great, it's, it's such an excellent series. Um, Talk about the ending in general without without too many spoilers, Gautam, but what were some things in the ending that you really liked in, in Dungeon Meshi? Well, thematically, it was perfect. It uh, From chapter one to the final chapter, uh, the theme was the same, as, as insane as that is, given what the theme is, which is eating monsters. Uh, and I, I think every single character beat character moment felt earned and completed. I... I think there are still stories to tell, but only side stories, you know, like only like fun little epilogues. I finished this and you know, that warm feeling you get when you finish something good and mm. you're just like, and it's fully mm. resolved and nothing is left sort of itching in your mind or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like a good meal. I was incredibly content by the end of this. And yeah, that, that's all there is. Right. Yeah. Uh, what do I, you think, Bruce? I mean, I agree with you totally. One of the things that, is really hard to get is something that is thematically and tonally consistent the whole way through. And you're right. Like this is, I think I maybe tweeted or talked to you about or something, but like, this is a manga about eating, right? It isn't necessarily about cooking, although it kind of presents itself as a, as a cooking kind of thing. It's really more about eating and what is delicious and what is, what is worth consuming, what is worth, you know, putting into yourself to, that is good uh, it's hard to even find words, but yeah, this is, I mean, it's, it's excellent. There's obviously there's, yeah. there's, there's no competition for the best ending this year. I, 
again, it, this is so good that it has pushed other ends out of my mind. Uh, Ryoko Kui's Delicious in Dungeon, just absolutely excellent. Very good. Go read it. And we have we have two categories left. Maybe we'll talk about it more. Yeah, I think I think it might come up again. Uh, all right, two left. This is maybe my favorite category. We have best character. Uh, this is just who we think had, was the best character, had the best development, uh, interesting, cool, fun moments. Um, I, I, I think they're they're reversed this time um, because you picked Akane, right? Uh, oh, are they? Yeah. I do it. Uh, oh, yes, they are reversed. That's my bad. Uh, but yeah, they... Um, happy definitely to finally see Ranger Reject, but yeah, let's... Uh, I mean, we talked about it again with the writing. Um, the things Akane has been through this year, I think have been great. She's, I think she's the strongest lead character in jump. I, if you can include one piece in that, I is just this year, I guess. Um, if he hasn't done a whole lot in 2023, but I, just these panels I grabbed even she, the, the artist, she has all these, she's so like fun and bubbly and like wonderful and emotional. Uh, and she is talented. I don't know. It's like, I'm like in love with the fantasy girl. Like, stop me now. No, but like, it's <laughs> great. Like she's such a good character. She has so much depth. She has so much, uh, she just has so much everything. I don't know. It's just, uh, she's just wonderful to read. And I, one of the reasons that the series is so good and we've talked about it, uh, for past awards is because Akane is such a great character. I agree. Akane, it, I, I get why Akane Banashi is so incredibly popular. Like I, I worried when it, when it initially chapter one came out or chapter the first few chapters that, Hey, this is about Rakugo, right? Like, yeah. even though we like it, the general audience will think it's boring, but no, Akane prevents that and, from happening. Yeah. She solos this shit. I, I mean, she could, I, I think she doesn't because I think all the other stuff is so good, but you could cut out all of the other side characters in Akane Banashi and Akane would absolutely solo carry her series. She's that. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Um, she's that good of a character, but I, I am super happy to see your nominee here. Tell me, cause I also love this character. So tell me about uh foot soldier D from Ranger reject. Speaking of fucking solo carrying, um, D is an invader in Ranger Reject. The premise of the series is that the Rangers are fighting their Power Rangers and they're fighting invaders, which is the villain in Power Rangers. I, I don't know what it, what they're called, Bruce, but... Um, the, the putty? I don't know. Uh, yeah, the, the bad guys, the Rita Repulsas of the world. Exactly. Um, but uh, yeah, D is just like an average grunt. Uh, he is such a lovable piece of shit. He wants world domination, but on his terms, not the other invaders terms, not the Rangers terms. Uh, and he's also like just incredibly kind of a dumbass. You know, he just does his own thing. He's hot headed, and uh, he really doesn't think things through that much, except when he does, you know, mm -hmm. he's a, sli he's a slippery little asshole. Um, but I think what he does really well is he, he saved his own series. He solo carried his series during the worst part of the series. Mm -hmm. And I know, I know it's not this year. He's had a lot of good moments this year, but, um, tons of good stuff, especially these there last was a couple of chapters. Chapter came out, I think last week. And it was like, yeah, it's yeah been, it, a couple it, days ago. Yeah. It is all fantastic right now. But like, it, I would be remiss not to mention that there was, uh, an arc early on where they were like in a parking lot for a really long time, like, like a parking 20 garage. chapters. Yeah. 
And that was like the worst part of the series, hands down. But even then, it wasn't that bad because D was in it. And D was still playing his his reindeer games. Yeah. Uh doing whatever he does, being a a a funny little shithead. Yeah. Well, so, like, and I, I mentioned it earlier, but I really like when you know I think I think humans are inherently selfish or whatever. And that is a, something that makes Foot Soldier D so interesting is that it's like, he's, a, you say like, oh, he's a shitbag and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, and he is, but he's just really, really self-interested, which makes him really yeah. interesting. And he's like, that's all he really is, is he's really just, but I also think he's interesting as a character because he is slowly developing out of that and he doesn't realize it. He- He's yes. developing his own humanity. Exactly. Um, which is, which is oh, over the makes, course of the series. Yeah. Which is something that makes Ranger reject and foot soldier D in general, such a great series is that, yeah, this guy starts out and he just wants world domination. He's such a shit bag and he, you know, goes, does all these dirty tricks to get through and he's still got these dirty tricks and he's still a little selfish, but you know, in these last couple of chapters, we see him finally sort of like really teaming up with the, with the green group, you know, green he, team. he has, he has pals. Yeah. Like he, yeah. he saves people. Uh, yeah. He, even though he says it's begrudgingly, you yeah. know, like he has, um, kind of, he has a girlfriend now, kind of <laughs> like, yeah, yeah I chapters. guess so. Like, uh, I don't know if he's agreed to it yet, but he does. So, uh, and I think like more than that, I like that he is still incredibly weak. Like mm-hmm. he hasn't developed any superpowers or shown in abilities like hundred whatever chapters in that yeah. make him stronger than he was in chapter one. He, he is of almost equivalent strength as when he started. He is just using his shenanigans and his powers to kind of shape shift. Uh, yeah, in, in the latest like chapter, the best, best possible ways. Yeah, he. I mean, his shape shifting. Oh, that was so good. It's, it's the latest so chapter, creative. especially. Yeah. yeah, the trick. I mean, it's so great. Um, how, I, I'm. This is another really tough one for me. I am. I am thinking Foot Soldier D just because there's no other Ranger Reject nominees and I really feel like it deserves an award, but I I could go either way. I'm 50-50 on this one. What do you think? Well, here's the thing. I think if Akane was less interesting as a character, I think her series will still survive due to the proxy of how interesting the other characters are. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think Ranger Reject has a chance in hell without D. Yeah. Uh, I, I would give it to D this time. I think I think we give it to to Foot Soldier D. I mean, we've we've expounded the praises on Akane, and Akane is a great character. I your Foot Soldier D does more heavy lifting in Ranger Reject, even though it's also a really great series. Uh, yeah, I absolutely love Foot Soldier D. I am excited the anime is coming. I mean, in a couple weeks, very soon. I think it's in January. So it looks great. Yeah, uh, very excited for that. Uh, oh. shout, shouts out to the Dan to Dan anime too. Oh, um, Dan to Dan anime. Tra- the teaser dropped, and it looks yep. awesome. Also excellent. All right. There's one last award to give. And wouldn't you know it, it's two of the things we've talked about a lot in the past. So we're deciding here of what is just the best manga of 2023? Doesn't matter if it's new, ongoing, finished, whatever it is. What did Gautam and Bruce think was their best manga of this year? Unsurprisingly, I have nominated Dan to Dan and Gautam Yu. Uh, delicious in dungeon, dungeon meshy. And, uh, yeah, let me, let me start her up. Sure. Uh, I, I kind of said my piece in regards to the, the finale of dungeon meshy's ending, but I haven't spoken about how fucking good the characters are. They are all fantastic. If you have played D and D before, 
Uh, these are your buddies. These are your party members. And it feels that way. They are all goofy. They're all having a fun adventure. While all the serious shit is happening in the background, they still have time for their goofs and gags. And it doesn't at any single moment undercut from when the plot needs to be serious. It It is the perfect D&D campaign is what it feels like. Mm-hmm. It's goofy when it needs to be goofy. It's a uh, slice of lifey when it needs to be slice of lifey, but it is very serious when it needs to be serious. It, we talked about earlier how Danadan does everything perfectly. Dungeon Meshi does everything perfectly. Yeah. These two would not up. be here without just being yeah. as excellent as they are. It, for real. It, it, it had a lot of Chekhov's gun set up, fired all of them and wrapped up in the most satisfying way possible. It, started and concluded its story almost perfectly, I would say. Yeah. And that's I, my pitch for Dungeon Meshi. Yep. Uh, my pitch for Dan to Dan, again, it's like we said, we've talked about these before. I, my, this is an emotional thing for me because when I wake up on Mondays and this doesn't, this only really also happens on on Sundays when I wake up, I go, oh, cool. It's it's Shonen Jump Day. I get all the jump manga. That's exciting. And then I wake up on Mondays and I go, it's Dan to Dan Day. And I'm so excited for that. And that doesn't happen any other day of the week for me. That I wake up and, I, and then one of the first things I think is, what time is it? Is it 10 a.m. or I think it's 9 a.m. since the, the time change. Like, is it 9 a.m. yet? Is Dan to Dan out? This is what my Monday is about. Like it, I have a, such an extreme happiness thinking about getting to read and consume more Dan to Dan to see where it's going, to see all the are these goofy, lovable cast of characters' faces. How's the romance going to go? What new random challenges awaiting them? What crazy spread? What wild alien or monster design are we going to see? I just like for me, this is an emotional thing of. I nothing nothing makes me happier this year than reading Dan to Dan the manga. Like I and it's just it's just so good. It's so pleasant. It's it's so exciting and fun. It it energizes me. It like renews my love for the medium every week, I feel like. And so it's just it's so good. I mean, Dungeon Meshi is also very good. I'm not uh I'm not hard committed on this one yet. Uh I, I can't know. in good good I, I agree with you. Dan Dan is fantastic and I won't feel one way or another regardless of who wins because they both deserve it. But I can't justifiably budge. So I, I in th- this well, moment would be okay with rolling a D twenty. I I don't think we need to, because I I am one hundred percent okay giving this to Dungeon Meshi. I think that because it had its ending, because it will not have an, another chance to win any awards since it is over. Um, this is, it's sort of a, uh, what do they call it? Like, uh, where they give someone an award for like a later, like a, an Oscar for like one of their later performances. Cause they got oh, right, been snubbed right. for 20 years or whatever. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's only the second year we've done this, but you know, I, Dungeon Meshi is similarly excellent. Um, it, it is, it is, it's just the pinnacle of storytelling. It's done everything. Like we mentioned in the sort of best ending part, it tied up all of its loose ends. It has this like wonderful, like warm, but slightly melancholy ending. That's so that's it. Uh, it's something we didn't talk about. It rides such a tight line with its ending in being it does where it's like, 
everything is so happy, but there's still just a tinge of melancholy, which is how all endings really are, right? Even good ones. There's always a little bit of, that was excellent, but now it's over and there is a sadness to it being over that you have to communicate in addition to leaving people feeling happy and fulfilled. Um, boy, that, and that is hard. Endings are it, really it is, hard. And it is very hard. And the series has to be like whatever it is, right? If it's a video game, a book, a manga, it has to be insanely good in order mm-hmm. to get someone to feel that I'm sad and happy that it ended. Yeah. Kind of a feeling. Get, yeah, exactly. To, you can communicate like, oh, yeah, it had a really melancholic ending. But to actually have finished reading it and being like, wow, I feel that exact sense of melancholy. I mean, again, a, 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 an emotional thing for me, right? To to have something written so well that I feel incredibly happy to have consumed it and also melancholic and sad because it is now over and there's no more of it. Um, it, it felt like a journey with my friends was, yeah. was coming to a close, you know? Uh, yeah. And that's like hard to invoke. You have to get everything right, make you love the characters and it dungeon mesh. just did that. It does. It's just so yeah. excellent. It's one of the best things. I I'm so happy it exists. I think it's going to show up on, you know, what manga should I read to get into manga or what manga should I read that are just good? Right. People have been recommending, you know, Oh, read berserk, read monster, read all the stuff that is finished publishing. Dungeon Meshi goes on that list. I think you can tell, and it has such broad appeal too, which is another sort of like, like, I think Dungeon Meshi probably has broader appeal than even Dandadan. Dandadan is sort of, is a battle shonen. Um, and if you're not into battle shonen, you know, if you're used to reading other types of stories, it might, it's probably just not for you, despite how good it is. Dungeon Meshi, I think, has an appeal for, you know, across all sort of gender or whatever barriers you want to say. It, I feel like it would just work for everyone. And that's such a hard thing to write a quality story that also has immensely broad appeal and is executed so well. Dungeon Meshi is just a cream of the crop. It's just amazing. And you know what? You Fox all nominated Baldur's Gate 3 because it's an amazing game. I agree. For the Game Awards. Go read Dungeon Meshi. Yeah. You, you'll, you'll freaking love it. Yeah, if you, if go, you play D anD D, if you if yeah if you liked Baldur's Gate, this is this is definitely for you. That that's a good call out. Um, yeah, I it's it's definitely Dungeon Meshi. I I adore Dandadan, and I will continue to adore Dandadan, and it will win this award uh, some some year when there is not it, it, something it's as got good it. as it's yeah. It, it's so consistently good that I I don't see it not right. Like it it'll be back. Yeah, I if it continues on its same streak, it's sort of the. Uh, it isn't necessarily the reigning champ, I guess now, but it's the, it's, it's the guy to beat, right? Like next year for me, anything that is gonna like every, every action shown in every fantasy thing, every, you know, just story in general is always compared to Dan to Dan. Because to me, I mean, Dungeon Meshi for sure, I think was the best thing this year, but Dan to Dan also is just like, it's still going and that's what you're getting compared to, right? If you're, is your action good enough? Are your characters good enough? Is your romance good enough? Are your little gags good enough? Because Dandadan is so good at all of those. Um, but yeah. It's, I, I, I nominated Dandadan last year as my best romance because I thought yeah. it felt so natural. It, like, even though that's not its primary genre, I still feel like the romance, it made, I like I like the romance in Dandadan more than Blooming Love. Like, uh, yeah. shit, it, it's so good. Yeah, it's but, yeah. it's very good. But I mean, yeah, it's Ryoko Kui's Dungeon Meshi. That is the manga of the year, I think. Um, and that's it. Hey, everybody, let's go through the awards we gave out real quick with the winners, just in case you were looking for a quick little wrap up. 
First of all, the worst thing we read or tried to read this year was Do Retry, uh, the best art slash artist we gave to uh, Yuto Suzuki, the author of Sakamoto Days. Best writing we gave to Akane Banashi, that's Yuki Suenaga and Takamasa Moe. The best non-shonen, Yomi no Sugai. Best Hidden Gem Award we gave to both Service Wars and The One Within the Villainess, both very good hidden little gems. Uh, best Romance, uh, Don't Bully Me, Miss Nagatoro. Best Comedy, Witch Watch. Best Completed Story Arc from Dan to Dan, we have Vimola's Backstory. The Best New Manga of 2023 we gave to Dogs Red. Best Shonen we gave to Dan to Dan. Best Finished Searing Series slash Ending was Undisputed Dungeon Meshi. The best character is Foot Soldier D from Ranger Reject, and the best manga of 2023, again, is Dungeon Meshi by Ryoko Kui. Thank you, everyone, for another great year of podcasting, and especially thank you, everyone, for all these amazing manga, all the manga discussions we've had this year. Hey, don't forget to check out Patreon and Twitter if you want to leave us your thoughts. What's your manga of the year? What's your, Who's your favorite artist? Hell, take all, our, uh, take all our awards and give out your own. I'd love to see those in the comments. I'd love to have discussions about this. Um, everyone has different tastes. These are just ours, of course. Um, yeah, and there's nothing else to say, I think, other than happy 2023 ending have a happy new year everyone and we will see you and keep podcasting in 2024 see ya everyone and don't forget of course to read more manga <laughs>